guys, what's up? It's Raven. Fun fact. Band-Aids are not called Band-Aids. They're called adhesive bandages. Band-Aid is just the name of the brand that makes adhesive bandages, but that's just one brand. Every time you see an adhesive bandage, it's not a Band-Aid unless it's made by the Band-Aid brand, but we just call them all Band-Aids because that's what we're used to. And you probably already knew that, but did you know that the same sort of thing is true for Velcro? Velcro is the name of the brand. The name of the actual object is called Hook and Loop. Velcro is just one brand, a very popular brand, that makes Hook and Loop. So if it's not the Velcro brand, it's just Hook and Loop. But did you also know that the same thing is true for Jet Ski? Jet Ski is the brand. And Trampoline. Trampoline is the brand. And Rollerblade. Rollerblade is just the brand that makes inline skates. They're not just called rollerblades, they're called inline skates. But the brand, the popular brand that makes inline skates is called rollerblade. And there's so many other, Kleenex, they're called tissues. Chapstick, it's called lip moisturizer. (laughs) Tupperware, I mean, yeah, I guess you, yeah, it's really called a plastic container, but like, no, it's called Tupperware, but no, it's not called Tupperware. That's the name of the brand. But on another note, I asked you guys on Instagram to just ask me questions because I've really been, you know, trying to set this very laid back, chill vibe with my podcast. We're on the, ow, I just bumped my head. (laughs) We're on the pink couch, chilling, you know, I didn't want to like dive straight into trying to just talk about a specific topic and plan it out. I just wanted to just talk, just talk about whatever y'all wanted me to talk about. So I was like, let's just do a Q&A and just talk about a bunch of different stuff. So let's just dive straight into the questions. Um, first question that came through on my Instagram story, how to start influencing? I'm a single mom with no help and I would love to start. I get a lot of questions about how to become an influencer, how to become a content creator, how to become a YouTuber. Where do you start? How can I get in this game? How can I get in this business? How can I do what you do? And it's understandable, especially, you know, this, this person says they're a single mom with no help and they would love to start. You know, I can understand you're looking for something to do to bring in income that you can like do from home that can kind of work with your lifestyle as a single mom. You see me, I'm a single mom, I'm doing it, but I feel like people really have to stop and realize what being a content creator even is in a in the first place and what it entails and if those different roles cuz there's different roles that go into it you know it's the first of all you know the personality do you have the personality to want to put yourself on camera put yourself out there to social media and you know just the being on camera part of it but also the being in the public eye part of it do you have the personality do you have the desire <laughs> to do that Do you have the interest or the talent or the ability or the skill to work with technology in the sense of cameras and microphones and lights and editing software and all the different apps and all the different, you know, technological things that go into being a content creator? We're basically our own film crew. Do you have any interest or knowledge or skill when it comes to creating content, like the actual creating, the technical creating part. Do you have any talent or skill or any value that you can bring to the table when it comes to what your content is even going to be about? You know, or is it going to be beauty, makeup, hair, fashion, 
sports, music, science, parenting, I mean, food, there's so many things that it could be about, but what is it going to be about? And do, are you an expert in any of those fields? Are you creative in any of those fields? Do you bring anything new, fresh, interesting? Are you able to explain it really well? Are you able to show really good examples of it? Like, what are you bringing to the table? What are you trying to show people? Why are people going to come to your platform? What is your thing even going to be? There's just a lot that goes into it. And I feel like the way that people are just like, oh, I just want to be an influencer. And it's like, why? You know, for what? What are you, what, what kind of influencer? What are you going to be sharing? What are you going to be doing? And then also too, I feel like people who would make good influencers, people who would excel at being a content creator would not be asking me And no shade, no shade, no shade, no shade. But if you are the type of person who is going to excel at being a content creator, a social media influencer, you would not be asking me how to get into or where to get started with creating content. You would already be creating content. You would already be the type of person who avidly uses TikTok, uses Instagram, you would already be kind of in that world because it would be one of your natural interests. And that's how I got into it. I got into becoming an influencer because I just, I liked the internet. I liked creating content. I liked being creative. I liked recording myself. I liked cameras. I liked all the pieces that go into being an influencer I already was interested in it. I already liked it. I was already teaching myself how to do it. I was already doing all of that stuff in my free time for fun. And so I had a natural like skill and talent for it. And so it wasn't hard for me to start making YouTube videos and start making, you know, when TikTok came out, like I just downloaded the app and I figured out how to use it and I started posting. You know, it came very natural and very easy to me because it was a, actual interest of mine. And so I feel like if you're somebody who's like, I just don't really know, I just don't really understand this whole Instagram thing. And I'm just really not sure how to do YouTube videos. And how do you even, if you're asking those basic questions, I feel like you're not really meant to be an influencer. Does that make sense? And maybe that sounds harsh, but that's just kind of how I look at it. Honestly, I feel like If you're that far removed from it where you have to ask somebody how to even get started, I I just don't know if it's for you. There's a lot of other jobs that you can do that if you just want to do something that's creative, there are other creative jobs in the world. If you just want to do something that has to do with, you know, working from home from a computer, there are a lot of other jobs that you can do. And so I just feel like people shouldn't just jump at the idea of being a content creator if it doesn't really fit with who they are and what their natural skills are. That's just my opinion on it. Um, Next question is tips for becoming a girl boss. Can I talk about my journey and how I got there? Becoming a girl boss. I'm going to take that to just basically mean becoming a successful young woman and like reaching your goals and reaching a certain level of stability and success. It's hard to just like give you one quick tip because success means different things to different people. This is a very vague question, but I think the main thing for me is that you have to know what you're even trying to do. You have to know what you're even aiming for. You have to be able to like 
get really specific about your goals. Just to say, I want to be a girl boss, that is not specific enough at all. Specifically, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for work? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to provide to the world? What are you, you know what I mean? Like you have to really sit down and ask yourself those questions and be able to write it down and then be able to take that main goal and break it up into steps and then break those steps up into smaller steps. For me, I wanted to be a successful content creator. Specifically, I started off with YouTube. I want to be a successful YouTuber, but more specific than that, what does that even mean? That meant for me at the time, I want to reach a million subscribers and I want to be able to to average X amount of views per video and I want to be able to average X amount of income per month off of my YouTube channel. So I made a very specific goal specific platform with specific numbers on it, specific everything, like super specific, wrote it down. And then I sat there and I figured out what are going to be the steps that I'm going to have to take to get there. How many videos do I need to post per week? What, you know what I mean? Like whole strategy, write that down. And then that gives you something to actually do, because how are you going to reach your goals? If you don't even know what the goals are, if you don't even know what the steps are, how are you going to start taking steps? If you don't even know what the steps are. So getting really specific with yourself is super helpful. And then it's just about having the determination and the focus and the willpower to follow those steps daily, work towards those steps every single day until you reach your goal. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you stay motivated? Where do you find the motivation to just, you know, get through all of your your work and stick to these goals? I'm not motivated every day. Motivation is a fleeting feeling. And I struggle with motivation because I struggle with depression. Being depressed has, you know, takes a direct hit on my motivation. I wake up all the time feeling very unmotivated. I do not feel like doing this. I do not have a fire under me that's just like, yeah, let's go. I don't feel like that all the time. I hardly ever feel like that, honestly. But I have determination. You know what I mean? I'm determined to reach these goals even when I don't feel like it. You know what I mean? It's that important to me. To where even when I'm not feeling motivated, I'm still going to do it anyway because I just feel like I have to. I just feel like I need to. It's that important to me. People say all the time, you will make time for what's really important to you. If you're slacking, if you're just like, oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, I just, I was supposed to do this, but I just never did it. Then it's probably not really that important to you. And in that case, if you're really struggling with sticking to your goals and you feel like you know, you're holding yourself back from quote unquote, becoming a girl boss because you're not really following through and you're not really sticking to your goals and you feel unmotivated. That might be because you have set the wrong goals for yourself. Because when you set really meaningful, really true to yourself goals, and you're really honest with yourself about what you really want to do, then it's like, it's coming from the heart. It's like, yeah, I really care about this. This is so important to me. And you're going to be more motivated and you're going to be more determined and you're going to actually stick to it because it truly is that important to you. And it's truly is that authentic to you that you're not going to struggle with it as much. You know, they say, take something you love and turn it into a job and it will never feel like work. It's that type of mentality of like, what do you really want to be doing? Because if you really wanted to be doing it, then you would be doing it and it wouldn't really be that hard to do it and stick to it. But I think sometimes people set goals kind of based on other things like what my parents might want me to do, what society might want me to do, what I feel like I should do. But 
to be a true girl boss, you should be doing what you what you really want to do. And then, like I said, it makes it easier to stick to it and get it done. Next question. Would you rather have an amazing husband and family or would you rather become a billionaire? This is easy for me because I have a no desire to become a billionaire. So I'm going to pick the husband and family. Even though normally I'm not so big into, oh, you have to have a husband and your perfect family. Like y'all know, y'all know. If you listen to my podcast, y'all know that that's not my number one goal in life is not to get married or whatever. Although, you know, having an amazing husband and family still sounds good no matter what. But the reason why this is such an easy question for me, I do not want to be a billionaire because nobody needs to be a billionaire. A billionaire? Do you know how much a billion really is? I feel like a lot of people don't even realize how much bigger a billion is compared to a million. I saw a TikTok one time where they were like trying to demonstrate it using like grains of rice. And so they took, they were like, here's what 10 grains of rice looks like. And here's a hundred grains and here's a thousand grains. And they were like making piles. Here's a thousand, here's a million, and here's a billion. And it was way bigger. It's like way bigger than you think it is. Like a billion dollars is so many dollars. Nobody needs a billion dollars. No one individual person needs a billion dollars for anything. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I I definitely would not be making good use of it. What would I do with it? That's too much. Now I feel pressured. Like, Like I got all this money and I'm supposed to do something amazing with it. I don't want that pressure. I don't want that stress on me. I am fine with where I'm at. Once I saw what it was like to have a million dollars, I was like, okay, that's it. I don't need nothing much more than this. Because this is already too much, honestly. There, nobody needs a billion dollars. Anybody who wishes that they were a billionaire, no, you don't. No, you don't. Somebody said, should I start a YouTube channel or should I do TikTok? Who pays more? Generally speaking, YouTube pays more than TikTok. Just with the way that their monetization system works, generally speaking, you're definitely going to make more money on YouTube. If you have a video go viral on YouTube and it's monetized versus if you have a video go viral on TikTok and it's monetized, you're definitely going to make more money on YouTube. And it's just the monetization systems the way they are. On TikTok, it's like you feel like you get half a penny per thousand views, whereas on YouTube, you you get more. Now, it's not that simple of an equation. It's like a lot of mathematical algorithmic things that go into it. Um, A lot of people think that it's literally like YouTube pays $1 per thousand views to everyone, no matter what. And TikTok pays one. That's not how it works. It varies based on a lot of different factors. It's not just a constant flat rate. There's no flat rate on either platform. It depends on a lot of different things. And it's like literally content, like it changes on every piece of content that you upload, if that makes sense. But generally speaking, when you average it all out, you're going to make more money on YouTube. However, I wouldn't say, I would not recommend for you to, oh, just go start a YouTube channel because YouTube pays more. I would actually recommend for you to start on TikTok because TikTok right now, TikTok is the number one best platform that you should be posting on if you're trying to get discovered. If you are just starting out as a content creator, you need to be on TikTok because their algorithm works so much better than any other algorithm. 
to show you to people and help people find you and help you get discovered. And you are much more likely to randomly go viral on TikTok versus any other platform and not even go viral, but just get views in the first place. It's way easier to get traction and get engagement and get discovered on TikTok. So what I would do if I were you is I would get started on TikTok. I would put your effort into TikTok. I would try to put your best foot forward on TikTok because you're more likely to get discovered on there. And then once you get discovered, now it's still going to take work now. But once you put in the work and you get discovered on TikTok, then you got to take that energy and transfer it over to YouTube. Once you gather your little viewership on TikTok, you say, hey, y'all, now that I've got your attention, can you please go check out my YouTube channel? And that's how you could get your YouTube channel going. Because it's really hard to start a YouTube channel from scratch out of nowhere. But if you got the TikTok juice and you can transfer your TikTok juice over to YouTube, that's going to help you get started on YouTube. And then that's where, you know, then you could post on YouTube and start making more money on YouTube. But you got to have both, in my opinion. That's what I would do. If I was a, if I was a brand new fresh creator, that's what I would do. Somebody asked, does Zaya spend time with her dad's side of the family? No, Zaya does not spend any time with any people on her dad's side of the family. Are there any other renovations that I would like to do around my home? Yes, it's like never ending. I am still currently working on my whole backyard remodeled transformation thing. Y'all know I like had the pool bill and then like the surrounding patios. Right now I am working on the upper patio and the wet bar. We're almost done with that. Once that gets done, technically the final touch that I wanted to do was add trees to my backyard because right now I have zero trees back there. And that's like a whole big project to, you know, put a bunch of trees around the like border of my yard. So I don't know when that's going to be done. But after that, I think we will finally be done with all of my outdoor stuff. And then as far as indoors, I really want to do like a full makeover on my powder bathroom and make it like real, like, I just want to make it like a cool, different, dark, moody, special little bathroom. Um, so that's like a whole project. Then I want to do the guest room and the guest room bathroom. Because right now it's just like a hodgepodge of old furniture that I threw in there and I never actually like decorated it. And then by the time I get done with that, it's really going to be time to redo the playroom for Zaya because she's like outgrowing the current setup setup of it. She has like her little play kitchen and her little playhouse is like the main feature up there. But it's getting to the point now where like she's too big for her playhouse. Like she's too tall to fit in there. She does still play with it. Like she'll crouch down and she still plays with it. But... I feel like by next year, she won't fit in it and she won't be playing with it anymore. And it's going to be time to, you know, kind of redo the playroom for more of like a big girl type of vibe because she's getting older now and like I need to update her stuff. And then even after that, I know there's going to be more stuff that I want to do around my house. It's literally never ending. So just stay tuned to my main YouTube channel because the home decor series is definitely not ending anytime soon. So then somebody asked, does Zaya ask about her dad at all? Okay, so this first became a thing, I guess about a year ago. It was when she was starting kindergarten. She started first grade now, but back when she was starting kindergarten, I feel like school definitely brought up these questions because they were starting to... 
A, it was because of she was getting older and she was getting more to that age where she was able to even like realize these things, but also because at school they would, you know, read stories that have a mom and a dad in it or do school projects where it's like all about me, all about my family, or just certain things would get brought up at school where the concept of mommy and daddy was being brought up. Whereas before that, that was just never really even brought up. It wasn't something she was thinking about. It wasn't something she was aware of. Ever since she was a baby, she just knows, you know, her own situation and that's normal to her. That's all she's ever really known. And so she doesn't really question it. And she doesn't really have, like, she didn't really have glaring examples of, you know, I don't know how to explain. Like, I just feel like it wasn't really on her mind until she got into kindergarten, she got older and she started seeing, you know, other kids, families and other kids, parents and talking about it at school. And I will say, I think her school and I feel like schools in general these days do do a pretty good job of being careful about that. Cause you gotta be careful about automatically assuming that everybody has a mom and a dad, you know, whether it's, doing school projects about your family and your family tree or like sometimes I feel like people are very insensitive and they don't think about the fact that like not everybody has a mom and a dad you know what I mean like oh tell your mommy and daddy and be sure to go home and tell your mommy and daddy and so for this project we're gonna have our mommy on this side and our daddy like everything is not mommy and daddy for everyone and I do think that that is something worth keeping in mind and worth being careful about at school because that can be really triggering for kids to feel ostracized or feel left out or feel, you know, any type of negative emotion when it comes to, you know, family dynamics being brought up at school. And so I think her school did a good job of being careful with that, like as much as they could, because there was kids at her school who had two moms, who only had a mom, who only had a dad, who were being raised by their grandma. Like, Families come in all shapes and sizes. And I feel like we we about to be in the year 2023. We should all know by now that it's not just automatically mommy and daddy. Everybody don't got a mommy and daddy for a lot of different reasons. And it's actually very common these days, I feel like, for it to be some other type of situation, whether it be stepdad or whatever. And so I was pretty comfortable with it because I knew her school was aware of that and they they normally did a good job of like not like I said like not making kids feel bad in that sense but at the end of the day it still comes up and it's still an unavoidable thing and it's still she's still gonna have that moment when she realizes oh so and so my classmate has a mom and a dad and I don't And so she started to notice those things. Oh, we read this story at school where it was talking about, you know, the mom and the dad and the dad and the dad and the dad. And so she was starting to notice. And so that caused her to come home to me one day and she wanted to know two things. (laughs) She wanted to know what is his name and where does he live? Like what city does he live in? And I told her, I said, his name is, and he lives in this city. And she was like, oh, okay. And that was it. She didn't have any further questions. She didn't need any further clarification. I don't know what was going on in her little kindergarten brain, but for her, she just needed to know the name and the location and that was good enough for her. And really ever since then, like that's that's all it's been. And so obviously I'm not gonna 
go to her and randomly be like, so let me lay this all on you for no reason right now. Like, I'm not going to do that. She's, you know, very, um, very young still. And there's still so many things that she just won't even be able to understand, even if I try to explain it to her right now. So like, I'm not going to bring it up out of the blue at this point. I'm waiting for her to ask me whatever she needs to ask me and I can tell her whatever she wants to know. But so far, those have been the only two questions that she has asked me. And other than that, like, it hasn't come up again and she doesn't seem to be, you know, very bothered by it. And I think a big part of that is thanks to people being sensitive and people being aware and people not rubbing it in her face. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that could easily happen. And it's really sad. Like that shouldn't, that shouldn't be something that a kid has to worry about is like, kind of like being bullied about that or being made to feel weird about that because it's not weird, especially, like I said, it's really not weird when you look around and you look at everybody's different family dynamics, like everybody has a different situation. Everybody has a different parenting guardian setup. And I've noticed now like for school, instead of saying like, oh, mom and dad, they'll say like, they'll say, how do they say it? Like you're grown up at home. Or something like that, like more vague wording, more inclusive, that's the word, way more inclusive wording is used these days to where it's not like a trigger. It's not like reminding you. So that's been something really good for her is that, you know, school and everybody around her is being inclusive and being sensitive so that she's not getting triggered in that way to even worry about those things or ask those questions. So so far, that's that's been the case. Now, obviously, as she gets older and as she, you know, things are going to change over time, but that's just how it is right now. Next question is, how do I budget? And I honestly, I, I saved this question and I wanted to answer this question because I feel like I need to tell y'all a secret. I feel like I have a confession to make when it comes to this question. And I feel really weird saying this and I, I don't know why. It's just like, it feels like a secret. I don't budget. I don't have a budget. Now I used to, I used to be really into budgeting. I used to be very nitpicky with my money and very good about budgeting and calculating and saving and counting every dollar and doing the 50, 20, 30 savings rule. And I was like, I was really into it. I did videos about it on YouTube. You can type in Raven Elise budget or Raven Elise um, saving and you'll find my videos that I made. And, and those should be helpful videos. I would go back and watch those videos from that time in my life. And that would be more helpful. But these days, you know, the past few years, I don't know exactly how many years, but for the past few years, I have not been budgeting. I don't have a budget. I don't have calculations of certain numbers and certain percentages. And let me make sure I set aside this money for this and this money for that. I do not budget. And the reason for that is because I make enough money now. Ew, this is such like a ew thing to say out loud. I make enough money now to where I don't have to budget because I live below my means. Like, I don't know how to explain this. I make enough money to where I will never blow my budget because I my spending habits 
my my necessities, my bills, everything that I need to pay for that I need. And then even the things that I want, like just my, my casual spending habits, my entertainment, my shopping, my whatever else on top of it. Even when you combine all of that, even if I were to like really treat myself and really go a little bit crazy and really spend and really, you know, buy a little something extra, it will never be too much because And it's a combination though. It's a combination of how much money I make, but it's also my natural spending habits. I am not somebody who blows through money quickly, just naturally. Some people, you know, not everybody is like that. There are people who blow through it. Like they just, it's just in their personality to spend, 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 and spend beyond their means. And they really struggle with spending and they struggle with saving. That's never been me. You know, I've always, no matter how much money I've made, I've always been really good about like not spending too much. Just like, I just have a natural, like, I don't know. That's just how I am. And so like now I'm able to just pay my bills, do, you know, pay for what I need to pay for, buy whatever I want, do whatever I want. And it's like, it's just, it's never going to be too much. So I don't have to budget. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And it's like, I feel so guilty. Like I feel so guilty saying that. Like I don't have a budget. I don't like, I don't look at what I'm spending. I don't, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. And honestly, I probably should still be budgeting. It probably would still be helpful for me to have some sort of budget and some sort of, you know, limits and plan when it comes to my spending. And don't get me wrong, I do have a financial planner and I do have an overall like grand scheme of things financial plan when it comes to investments and things like that. But as far as my daily, weekly, monthly spending, like, you know how it's like, you know, you set aside, this is how much for groceries. This is how much for bills. This is how much I'm going to allow myself to spend. And this is how much I'm going to save. Like all those little categories that you have to check in with every week or every month. I don't do that anymore because I don't need to check in because it it's just like, it doesn't really matter because it's going to be covered. It's 1000% going to be covered and I don't have to worry about it not being covered. And this is something that like I've avoided talking about because I get a lot of questions about can you give budgeting advice? Can you give savings advice? Can you give financial advice or how like... And honestly and truly, and again, this is such a like a uncomfortable thing to say, but I am in a different tax bracket now. I just am. I'm in a different tax bracket. And so there is certain advice I don't know anymore. I don't I don't live that way anymore. I don't I'm not doing it, so I don't know how to teach you how to do it. And there's only so much I can say from my past you know, because even in my past, I wasn't an expert on it. I wasn't like, I don't know. It's just really hard when it comes to the financial things. It's, it's definitely gotten weird recently because it's like, there was a point where I felt like me and my viewers were kind of more on the same page and in the same boat. And it was kind of more like, yeah, girl, I get you. I feel you. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Cause I can relate. And like, we can both figure this out together type of thing. But now it's like, it's not like that anymore because I I make a lot more money now. And so it, I just, 
is, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but hopefully that makes sense. (sighs) Awkward. Anyway, do I plan on having more kids? I, why do y'all ask me this question so much? I really would like to know. And you know what the reason why it makes me mad is because it makes it seem like the most important thing for a woman is to have children. Like a, a woman is nothing without her ovaries. Like a woman is nothing unless she is bearing children. Like that's what it makes it seem like. Like dwindling down adult womanhood to having kids. Everything revolves around having kids. When are you going to have kids? Do you want more kids? Kids, 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 kids. And it's like, why is that so important? Why is that so important? Why is that on everybody's mind? Why is everybody bugging everybody about kids and being pregnant? Are you pregnant? You look pregnant. When are you going to have kids? You going to have another kid? Why is that such a topic of discussion? I don't get that. It really annoys me. It annoys me how much of a universal thing it is that everyone bugs every woman about it all the time. It is so annoying. Literally, I asked for questions and I probably got a good like 500 submissions for these questions and probably 200 of them are, do you plan on having more kids? When are you going to have more kids? Why do y'all care about that so much? Why are you so curious about that? Please comment. Like, no, seriously, if you're somebody who asked me that question, why do you want to know that? Why is that so important? Like, just, I don't get it. And the fact that, like, I have answered this question, I feel like so many times, and yet it's never enough. Like, to answer the question, currently, no, I do not plan on having any more kids. Currently, in this moment right now, I'm like, "Mm, I don't don't think I see that for myself. I don't think I want more kids. I, I don't need another kid. Nobody needs to have children, but, like, I don't, I don't necessarily see it for myself. It's not something that I'm like trying to do. It's not a goal that I have right now. I'm not working towards, you know, somebody, you know, different ways that people frame the question is also weird. Like, are you trying to have more kids? Like, would you go down the road? Like, I know you're not married, but like, would you consider doing IVF or just getting a sperm? Like, and like no shade to People, because yeah, sometimes people, single women, do want to have kids by themselves without having a partner. So they just have a sperm donor, sperm donor, or just do IVF in order to just have a child on their own as a single woman. And like, no shade to that. I think that's fine if that's what you want to do. That's totally fine. And who's to say that I might, I might do that in the future? I don't know. I'm, you know, never say never. But it just the way that people ask me, it gives off this thing of like desperation. Like again, like. You must have another child. Even if you don't have a partner, you can get a sperm donor. Like, it's just this feeling of like, you need to have another kid. When are you going to have one? You know, you can, there are ways, there are a lot of ways we can make this happen now. You don't even need a man. Like, come on. Like, it just feels so like pressured and like you're putting way too much, you're way, putting way too much weight on it. It's just weird to me. It's it's very weird. Who's Anyways, moving on to the next question. I'm curious about your friendships long-term and new. That's not a very specific question, but I'm just going to use this as a jumping off point um, because people were asking about friendships in general. My friendships are very like, um, what's the word? 
I'm not somebody who makes new friends all the time. I'm not somebody who is constantly, you know, switching up my social circle and making new friends and like jumping around in that sense. Like I'm somebody who I tend to make a friend and I tend to keep that friend for years and I kind of keep my circle small and like I have my main core friend group and I stick to that. And of course it still does change like over the years slowly, but it's usually like a slow progression. And so right now, I mean, people have been asking about Ogden a lot recently, and a lot of people don't know that Ogden moved away. Ogden moved out of state. That's why you don't hear or see about Ogden anymore. Um, He doesn't live here. So obviously, being out of state, you know, it is what it is. We don't see each other. You're not going to see him in my vlogs and stuff. But people kind of automatically took that as like, oh, whatever happened to him? Y'all not friends anymore? No, we're still friends. He just moved. Um, And also Daisha moved out of state. She no longer lives in Texas. So I have friends where these are the same friends that I've been friends with for years. And yes, we are still friends, but coming into adulthood, a lot of things are changing in a lot of people's lives, whether they're, you know, like I said, moving out of state, getting job offers, getting married, having babies, whatever, like life is happening. Life is changing. We're adults now. My friends are we're all either about to be 30 or in our 30s, you know, we're all around that 30 age range. And so a lot of things are happening and it can kind of like feel like it's pulling us apart a little bit. But at the same time, like, I feel like we're all very understanding. And so we kind of just, we make it work and it's kind of like, you know, I'll be here. I'll be here when you get back. I'll be here when you visit. I'll be here when you have time. We may not be hanging out every weekend or talking every day, but like we're, we're still here. And that's kind of how most of my friendships are. As far as making new friends or expanding my social circle, I feel like recently, um, I've been able to slightly expand my social circle just from like the little parties, not the little parties, but the parties that I've been throwing, they ain't been that little recently. They've been, you know, pretty, you know, taking a lot of work and inviting a lot of people. But the past few parties that I've thrown, I've, you know, told my core friend group, hey, you know, bring a plus one, invite a friend, like bring extra people. Like, that's cool. I'm I'm interested in like, meeting your friends. And so I've been introduced to friends of my friends. And so I've made a couple of new friends recently through that. Um, I can think of like definitely a good three couples that I've met that way recently. And um, I'm not super close to any of them yet, but they're people that I'm definitely interested in getting to know further. And those could be new new people that I do end up getting really close with but outside of that um somebody was asking like do I have any advice for like how to make new friends as an adult and honestly I'm the worst person to ask I am so introverted you guys I'm so introverted I am not the type of person who's going out and doing things to make new friends or has any sort of specific strategy or specific thing that I do in order to meet people. I am the complete opposite. So literally what I just said is probably the only advice I can give you is like trying to meet people through the friends that you already have. <laughs> That's been the only thing that like I've been able to do recently. And I mean, it's it's fine with me. I'm not like itching to have a whole bunch more friends right now. Like I don't know. I'm fine with having like a smaller circle. So it's cool. Um, 
And I'm trying to see what question do I want to end off on? Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is going to be the last question. Um, Let me pick a good one. Let me pick a good one. I don't want to do this question because I'm going to make a whole different podcast actually diving fully into just this topic because it's a big topic and it is how I deal with dating with a child and just kind of how being a mom ties into my dating life. I want to do a whole separate episode about that. So stay tuned for that. Um, but let me see. Okay. Here's a question. If I found my life partner, would I sell my home and move in together in a new house or would I have him move in with me in this house? I definitely would not have him move in with me in this house. This house was custom built for myself and my daughter. And that's it. It was custom built down to the T, down to the last room, down to the last little closet for me and my daughter. There is no space. There is no space at all for a man to come into this house to bring his stuff into this house. Like literally, if you look at my closet, ain't no his and hers. Ain't no space to even add a his. Ain't no, ain't no even, oh, let's just remodel it and make space. There's no impossible, not on the table. We do not have space for you here. So if you want to live with me, you need to buy me a bigger house. <laughs> Literally, you need to buy me a bigger house because this, this one was just for me. So to add you on, you're going to have to, you need to find, a, uh, that ain't going to work. No. So yeah, definitely we would have to sell this house and move into a different house. And honestly, when I built this house, I specifically did not leave space for a man. I specifically said, this is going to be my house for me and my daughter. So everything that I do for this house is just going to be for me and Zaya. I'm not even going to be like, oh, well, let me leave space here for my future man, or I should probably do it like this so that, you know, one day if a man comes in, he can have his space too, or let me not make it too girly because what if, like, I specifically told myself not to do that because this is my house. This is my house for me right now. Ain't no man to speak of. So why am I, why would I be catering to a man that doesn't even exist yet. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't care. Like when that day comes and some people really thought that that was like not smart for me to do. Like, why would you do this whole house just for yourself? Like, what are you going to do when you get a man? How, what are you going to do? How's that going to work? I just told you how it's going to work. He going to buy me a bigger house. We can move into a bigger house. This is just my house for right now. This doesn't have to be my forever home necessarily. And honestly, I feel like if a man really wants to be with me, Make it happen, Captain. Make it happen. Otherwise, get to stepping. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to have to move. Long story short. Um, but yeah, those are all the questions that I think I'm going to answer for today. Like I said, I want to do that whole separate episode about dating with a child. That's been a very hot, hot topic. Um, frequently asked question is to talk about that specific combination of things. So I'm definitely going to do, that'll probably be my next episode that I record is talking all about that. And, um, yeah, so that's it for this one. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.